You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Knowing how to speak and understand a new language can be an invaluable tool when traveling, meeting new friends, or just even to master a new skill. But it's not always simple when you're bogged down by textbooks and structure classes. That's why so many people trust Rosetta Stone. Rosetta Stone is the most trusted language learning program available on desktop or as an app. It truly immerses you in the language you want to learn, like Spanish, French, Italian, Chinese, and more. You won't just be studying English translations. The Rosetta Stone intuitive process helps you pick up a language naturally, first with words, then phrases, then sentences. Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com rs10. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com rs10 today. In this town, there is no off-season. The news never stops, and neither do we. It's always game day in Cleveland with Andy Baskin and Daryl Leiter. It's always game day in Cleveland. We're getting ready for that very first preseason game of the year against Jacksonville and some news moving and shaking as far as the NFL is concerned because the owners gathered in Minnesota uh, to approve the new ownership group in Denver, but that didn't stop news about Deshaun Watson. It is always game day in Cleveland. If you like what you're listening to, please subscribe to the podcast. My name is Andy Baskin. His name is Daryl Ryder. Daryl, um, you know, we got a little bit of news because we did hear from Roger Goodell in Minneapolis. Um, your thoughts on that and, and a chance to listen in on what the commissioner had to say. Yeah, I mean, uh, clearly the, the commissioner delivering a, a very succinct message uh, as to why the NFL is looking for such a significant suspension uh, following the appeal of Sue L. Robinson ruling uh, six games for Deshaun Watson and then, of course, uh, prohibiting him from seeking any type of a massage therapy outside of the control uh, and supervision. Uh, of the Cleveland Browns. Uh, If you want, I can fire up uh, what the commission had to say in Minneapolis here, and and then we can kind of react to that. Here we go. Here's what he had to say. Uh, Because we've seen the evidence, she was very clear about the evidence. Uh, She reinforced the evidence uh, that there was uh, multiple violations here, and they were egregious, and it was predatory behavior. Those are things that we felt... um, always felt were really important for us to address in a way that's responsible okay i have a couple thoughts first of all where's that audio from just to make sure we courtesy it uh i believe that is uh, courtesy of the fine folks at uh, nfl network is they were uh, gathered with a bunch of reporters up in minneapolis okay so daryl um you want to go first you want me to go first on this because i i mean you go right ahead i've got plenty to say when you're done okay so let me start here and and, uh, these are the issues I have with Roger Goodell on this. First of all, I I don't disagree with the 
the motives behind what they're saying. What I don't understand is why is Roger Goodell wasting our time by all he had to do was appeal. That's what they did. CBA says he can take care of it after that. Yet for some reason he decided to defer. Um, and he decided to let um, to let a former uh, district or not former uh, attorney general of New Jersey handle the case. And so I, I'm just a little a, a little confused on why the commissioner, if he wants him to be suspended for at least the next season with an indefinite suspension, why he didn't do it himself. So I'm, I'm really questioning that. And I also think that Roger Goodell has to say what he's been saying. And I believe that because he's passed it off to someone else because he had the option to just do the action. So I, it, to me, it's, this is dog and pony to me. Like it's a show, it's a PR show. He doesn't want to be the bad guy. He doesn't, he doesn't have to do that. His job as commissioner, the CBA allows him to, to put the penalty down and he didn't do that. So it's disappointing that he talks this really, really harsh line and had the, the, the option to do the, um, the suspension and didn't do it. So that's one issue I have. Um, the other thing is he every he quoted everything from the uh, decision from Sue L. Robinson, yet didn't say Sue L. Robinson said six games. So you want to listen to him, her talk about egregious. You want to listen to her talk about um, predatory. You want to bring those things out, yet she also said six games. So I just I think the problem I have with this whole thing is there's just no reason to be here. Because the CBA laid it out, the commissioner could have laid the hammer down, and we all could move forward. And if he wants it to be an indefinite suspension, boom, it's over. So I'm a little irritated with the commissioner. I don't like that. It's a game. It's totally a PR game for them right now. And I just I don't agree with it because it's just prolonging it. And to me, I got to be honest, it makes the commissioner seem weak. Because if he was a strong commissioner, he would have just laid down the, the suspension, and this would be over. So he wants what he wants, but he wants someone else to do his dirty work for him. They pay him a lot of money. He should have just done it. 100% agree with you. The reason why he's hiding behind this is, number one, so that he can pass the buck when the NFLPA goes up in arms uh, about whatever discipline does get handed down. He can say, hey, I had a former federal judge and I had a former state attorney general handle this whole matter. So I was not the judge, jury, and executioner like I was under the previous CBA that you guys did not like. I passed this off. This was done within the process of the collective bargaining agreement. And so those people with their legal expertise and background reviewed all the facts of the case. And ultimately, they decided, or at least uh, Harvey here, Peter Harvey, decided to uh, fall on the side of the National Football League in the commissioner's office and drop the heavy suspension. My contention with all this, Andy, and I, I think it was interesting, the NFL, and, and this is what I think fans need to understand about this situation, the NFL does not view this as one violation. Mm -hmm. Now, Sue L. Robinson put in the report that he's a first-time offender, but that's not how the NFL views this. They view him as a multiple offender. That's why the commissioner 
broke out the word predatory, which is a word that was used by Sue L. Robinson in her report as well. They feel that Deshaun Watson preyed on these uh, therapists and used his position as an NFL star quarterback to solicit a professional service with the intention to have a sexual purpose, which is a major, major problem. And that's what fans have to understand here. This goes beyond just Deshaun Watson was trying to hook up with some girls on Tinder or Bumble or some dating site, eHarmony or whatever, okay? He was using his stature within the National Football League to solicit these women for a professional service and then attempted to turn it into a sexual encounter. You're and saying, that- and, and, and essentially, and this is the... and. Th- this is the irrit- this is this is where I can understand where the commissioner would be upset. Okay, one, he was using the shield, correct to to do what he was doing. That's what you just explained. Two, it sounds to me like where the commissioner, you know, and this was said to us um, from Mike Florio that Deshaun lied to the commissioner. That's how the commissioner feels. So that's not a good thing for Deshaun if he believes the commissioner lied to him again. Um, or you or Deshaun lied to the commissioner. You're yeah, Deshaun lied okay. to the commissioner. Sorry if I came out wrong. Uh, it, you know, it, it's like um, Florio brought up other examples of people who would have been in trouble, but they were completely 100% honest and they came clean with the commissioner and the penalty wasn't, there was a penalty, but and it wasn't also, as bad. Right. And there's also a complete lack of contrition of any kind from Deshaun Watson. Yeah, that doesn't uh, help any either. She, yeah, so. it, because again, this was not a legal process. So Deshaun could have privately been 100% forthright. He could have been contrite in private, and it would have stayed private. The only stuff that has become public about this process has basically been timetables and what each side was looking for, right? Right, right. That's the only stuff that's become public. None of Deshaun's testimony to the commi- to uh, Sue L. Robinson has become uh, public, right? True. No, no transcripts from any of that. No transcripts. From they could get in big trouble users. for that, couldn't they? I, yes. Yeah, I, they, they would get in huge trouble for that. But there's a reason I'm mentioning all this stuff is okay. because Deshaun could have fallen on the sword and said, hey, uh, I'm maintaining my innocence. I don't feel like I did anything inappropriate or wrong. However, I am sorry that this situation occurred. I am sorry that my actions endangered the Houston Texans. That was never my intent, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. You see what I'm saying? Absolutely. And, and Absolutely. since he has, and again, he's entitled to a presumption of innocence uh, in the, in uh, from a legal standpoint, as well as the court of public opinion. But behind closed doors, he could have done the fall on the sword thing and kind of pled for mercy, and none of that would have come out. Because and that that's also that's also the third reason why. I think the commissioner really still wants to stay strong up against Deshaun. If you read Charles Robinson's article, basically after Sue L. Robinson's report came out, and if you remember, there was a couple days before her report came out that there was talk about a settlement that both sides were going to settle, and it was going to be a 10-game suspension right. and, and a stiff fine. And it, that was probably the only time the league – had kind of backed off a little bit. And yeah, and I'm said, pretty okay, sure that's that we'll do. has been rescinded. Oh, I'm sure it has. I'm sure it has. And so and and he tell- didn't take advantage of that when he probably had the opportunity to. So this is going to extend it. Right. And and Browns fans, just so you know, this could have been a lot worse. Whatever he gets could be worse. Okay. I came up with a formula 
where the NFL would be well within their rights to request and demand a 24-game suspension under what the commissioner said about how the league views these violations, okay? So he violated the conduct policy in three ways. Sexual assault is defined by the National Football League, endangering another human being, compromising the integrity of the shield. That's what Suell Robinson found. Now, the league presented four cases in which uh, the therapist accused him of this sexual misconduct, impropriety, however you would like to describe what he was accused of. And so here's how I got to 24 games, because here's how this averages out. Two games per kind of policy violation. That hmm. gets you to six games per vi- per instance or violation, right? Well, the league contested in front of Sue L. Robinson. He did it at least four times. Six times four equals 24. So the NFL really, if they wanted to absolutely stick it to Deshaun Watson and the Cleveland Browns, and this, I think, part of the reason why they originally – asked for the indefinite suspension with a minimum of a year, and now it seems like they're willing to settle, and I use the term settle loosely, the league seems content to settle to just get the 17 games in postseason this year uh, out of this is because of that formula that I just kind of threw out there. Um, Again, they view it multiple instances in conjunction with three separate ways that he violated the conduct policy. And also, they're assuming that while they proved the four instances to Sue L. Robinson, which she documented in her report, that she was satisfied that the league met the burden of proof required uh, for Deshaun to be found in violation for each one of those uh, policies, or uh, tentacles of the policy, if you will, um, that there's more than just those four as well, right? Because member, 25 lawsuits filed, one settled because the judge required the plaintiffs to use their names in the filings. 23 of the cases have been settled. One case is still pending. The Houston Texans had to settle 30 cases uh, as they were accused of enabling, for lack of a better phraseology there or word, uh, Watson's alleged behavior here. So, um, I think it's going to be anywhere from 12 to a full year for Deshaun Watson once this ruling uh, comes down. But that is why you're seeing the commissioner take such a hard stance. They want to make sure nothing like this ever happens again. Because in the, the, the NFL world, it's now a corporate world. The sport of professional football And the way employees and coaches and people behind the scenes conduct themselves today, I can tell you, drastically different than the stuff I used to hear on the practice field 20 years ago. Okay, for sure. sure. You know what I'm saying? Language is no longer used and allowed and, you know, phrases and things like that. Like coaches have kind of had to clean up the way they present themselves, if you will, verbally uh, to players. Right. Um, Right. So. It is a very corporate environment these days. And with a corporate environment and the inclusive environment that the NFL has uh, tried to foster over the last 10, 15, 20 years, well, uh, the the tolerance level uh, 
for this type of behavior just isn't there, right? Uh, Absolutely. You know, sexual harassment, sexual misconduct, uh, verbal harassment, you know what I'm saying? Like, just it is a corporate environment in the National Football League. And let's be honest about it, Andy. If an employee, which Deshaun Watson is an employee, right? That's how you have to look at this. The union. This is yeah, it's a handbook violation. Yep. This this you know, and and fans want to minimize that. I've seen that on Twitter in response to some of my tweets. Oh, this is just a handbook violation. Why are they? Well, coming no, it out? is. I mean, when you look at it, the three on the three prongs that I right. talk about about civil, criminal, and essentially what is a handbook violation? It is but, a handbook violation. Correct. But in any other corporate environment, what happens with gone. that? You're fired. Yep, you're right. right? You you are you you are fired, um, except maybe in the case where you're in a collective bargaining agreement. That's about the only place where you wouldn't be because you probably would have the union to defend you. Like not, you know, this is which which is this is one of those now. theories where like I I've heard a lot of union bashing in my life. This is a place where you would want the union on your side, and this is one of those positive. I'm just saying for anyone who's in a union, this is one of those positive re- reasons why you're in a union because they've got your back. There's no way you can handle any of this on your own. And, no and that's what the NFLPA yeah. has been doing on behalf. And if they don't like the the uh, what what happens with uh, Harvey's ultimate ruling, guess what the NFLPA then will do? They will try and go to federal court. I don't know how successful they're going to be. I'm not a lawyer. I don't know what their legal standing would be to do that. I, I I don't think that the what about them in relation to like owner behavior and that and standards. I don't know that that's going to fly in a federal court. Maybe it will. Um, that'll be up for the, the lawyers to decide. But to your point, Andy, yeah, the, that, the NFLPA has been vigorously defending one of their employee members, Deshaun Watson, in line with the CBA, which is why they were willing to accept that six-game suspension because they agreed with Sue L. Robinson that the discipline uh, fit within the boundaries of precedent. So, Daryl, I'm going to, and I know normally we don't go this long, but we're going to go a little bit longer here because I want to throw something at you that this is podcast only stuff. This is not stuff <clears throat> you'll hear on the air. And I, and I bring this up because I just want to hear your thoughts on this. Okay. So, and just getting into stories about the whole situation, there is a, a gentleman who's been a friend of the show for a long time, our midday show, right? And he's, we've talked left and right and, you know, we've communicated through social media and even through texting. And when he heard that Peter Harvey was taking over, I heard from him right away. And he said, and I want you to listen and hear me out on this too. And this is another reason why when I talk about the commissioner handing this off to someone else, there's a chance the commissioner may not get what he wants because he is. Regardless if you think Peter Harvey is a yes man or whatever, there is a chance that he might not, he might rule in a different direction than the commissioner. I'm not saying it's a huge chance, but it's out there. So this was the conversation I had with him. And this, he was a, um, the friend of the show. It was a, uh, close friend of Peter Harvey, Peter C. Harvey. And they went to law school together. His words were this. He's incredibly brilliant and exceedingly fair. Peter will do uh, all he can to, to, he said that he thought Peter would concur with Judge Robinson. He respects the precedent and the due process. Um, The NFL PR machine can now blame Judge Robinson and Peter while they're saying they really wanted to slam Deshaun. And this is part of my theory too. Um, He thought that he probably isn't going to do the 
full ban and that Peter likely would fine him and impose a mandatory uh, mandatory counseling based on what's going on. And that um, just to, to kind of sum it up, he said, if Peter gives a season long suspension, he would be eradicating the very policy that he helped draft and implement. It's just a different perspective than I've heard. And I thought it was interesting. And it also goes back to the thought that because the commissioner handed it off, the commissioner may not get everything that he wants. And maybe he doesn't in some ways. It's a possibility. And that's why I presented the mathematical formula to you to justify sure. the, 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 the long suspension because the NFL views it not as one violation. They feel that they presented four separate instances in which Deshaun Watson violated the policy three different ways. And so, that's, the, that's the reason for their appeal. 12. Right? To try yep. to get more based on that. 12 violations in total times two games per violation. You get 24. And they're not asking specifically for 24. They were asking for one year minimum of an indefinite suspension. Basically, they didn't, they didn't want they don't want him to play this year. They want him to go through like you were talking about treatment or counseling or whatever. Uh, and uh, my understanding is that uh, that is not something that Watson has shown a lot of interest in. Um, and uh, that's why I, I think that the furthest Sue L. Robinson was willing to step outside of the collective bargaining agreement is when she laid out that part where she, all massages had to be coordinated and uh, supervised by the Cleveland Browns. Um, so that, that, that's just, I, I think, where we are at. And just I hear you. It, it's, yeah. it's a waiting game. And uh, just like I kept saying with Sue L. Robinson's ruling, well, Peter Harvey's not on anyone's time but his own, and he will let us know what he decides when he is darn good and ready to do so. The latest from training camp that's coming up next on It's Always Game Day in Cleveland. We'll talk about the injury bug, too, because it hasn't been helpful. If you like what you're listening to, subscribe to the podcast. He's Daryl Ryder. I'm Andy Baskin. Back after this. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride-or-die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. 
Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. It's always game day in Cleveland. He's Daryl Ryder. I'm Andy Baskin. All right, we're getting ready for our first preseason game coming up on Friday night, and that will be against Jacksonville. Um, I, I'm, I'm very curious, Daryl, your thoughts on this. Deshaun Watson is going to start. That yes. is what the word is. And I, I'm trying to figure out why. If he's not going to, I mean, we're like, we're guaranteed that he's not going to play for the first six games of the season. Why? Right. Why is Jacoby Brissett not working with the ones? Like, I don't, you, you've got to help me understand Kevin's rationale here. Uh, I think number one, because Deshaun Watson's not suspended yet. This process is still ongoing. And remember the Browns are respecting the process. That's whatever in the organization says, that's how they're right. That's how they're able to duck all the questions that they need to be answering is, well, we just respect the process and we'll let it play out. Uh, that's number one, number two, because there's a chance that Deshaun Watson might not get any more uh rep like if he gets suspended for the entire year he can't participate in the preseason so if uh thursday or friday even like friday morning or friday afternoon uh harvey comes out and says it's an indefinite suspension and he's suspended for the entirety of the 2022 season and postseason then basically deshaun watson has to pack his bags and go home he can't participate in anything um, if it is a specific number of games, if Harvey comes back and says, okay, I agree with Sewell Robinson, we're going to keep it at six, or we're going to double the punishment to 12, which I think that could be likely. And then it looks like a win for the NFL because he doubles the punishment, right? You know, twice as many uh, games there. Then Deshaun would be permitted to participate in the preseason and that, and he wouldn't have to begin serving the, the suspension until the initial 53-man roster gets set at 4 p.m., on August 30th. So that's why I think he's going to uh, play again, assuming that we get to Friday night and we don't have a decision just yet. They got to get him on the field. They got to get him some reps. My God, he hasn't played in an NFL game since like January, 2021. It's been a long, long time since Deshaun has played in the game. So they want to get him some, some reps on the field. Again, the only way Daryl, he doesn't play is if it's, it, it would have to be an indefinite suspension, right? Right. Well, it's suspended for the year. The, the, if they say suspended for the year, including post, then he's he has to pack his bags and he's done. So he's they, they have to hand down a 17-gamer? Is that what it is? No, they have to say he's suspended for the year. Okay, he's suspended, suspended for the, for the okay. season. So games have really nothing to do with it at that point. Right. Just suspended for the year. Gotcha. Just, he is suspended for the 2022 season and postseason. And then he will be immediately ineligible to participate in any team activity whatsoever. Um, but if it's games, if 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 Harvey comes back at any number of games that allows him to play at some point this season, then he would be permitted to uh, participate, uh, or I should say, continue to participate in training camp. Uh, as well as the preseason. So that's why Kevin Stefanski is operating the way he is. The reality is, though, once we get to that third preseason game, which Stefanski acknowledged remains a dress rehearsal style game, Jacoby Brissett absolutely has to start that game and basically has to uh, play as, uh, you know, what, a half or, you know, three quarters, whatever uh, the, the new standard is for that particular game since he is uh, the week one starter. Um, when do you think we're going to hear this? Like, does it make sense to make the news come out on the Friday afternoon dump, or would they be better off announcing it after the game on Friday? 
or maybe hey, man, Saturday we, morning. We got Sue L. Robinson's on a Monday morning at 8.30 in the morning. Yeah, but I think this one's a little bit different because the league can control when the message is released. Yeah, you don't think the league controlled the last one? Why do you think all the NFL Well, why would they do it on a Monday then? That's that's not the NFL way. Well, because, well, but again, let me finish here. Why do you think sure. all the NFL insiders said on Sunday night, hey, we're going to have the Sue L. Robinson news tomorrow morning? It wouldn't shock me because – all right, let, let me – this is the great thing about the podcast. We can kind of peel some things back for listeners. Sure. There's a reason why there were thousands of words that were already written as soon as Sue L. Robinson news came out at 8.30 in the morning. It's because the insiders probably already knew. Right. And it was it was what's called in the business embargoed. Right. In other words. Was it embargoed, though? I mean, do we know I that don't for know. a fact? Or, okay. I, I, I don't know that for a fact, but I'm just saying, like, I don't think it's a coincidence that everybody had long-form stories uh, published shortly after that came, you know. Yeah, that's you, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. So so it wouldn't shock me if they said, um, yeah, so here's what's going on. It's going to be announced tomorrow morning around 8.30. Uh, or no, you can publish around 8.30 in the morning. You can break the news at 8.30. And then uh, we'll probably, you know, the legal probably confirm it around nine, nine thirty in the morning, and then uh, you know that'll be that. So th- that that tends to happen on some stuff. Um, it's it's just a little. Uh, it, it's a courtesy given to people in our business to be able to work ahead and get things done uh, in advance uh, of you know big news, uh, so that. Um, it's not compounded by other news that's happening at the same time as well. So it wouldn't shock me if, if they had a, because they clearly got a heads up Sunday night, all the insiders. Yeah. No, you're right. You're right. Tomorrow right, let's, morning. Let's, <laughs> um, let's move, let's move forward in what's going on in camp right now. Jakeem uh, Grant out for the season and the ripple effect of that happening. First of all, total bummer. Like I was really looking forward to watching him play, especially return kicks. How does that affect the kick returner situation? How does that affect the wide receivers? And you know, there were reports today that the Browns are out looking for a wide receiver. What what are your thoughts here? Um, it probably means that their return game is gonna go back to being what it was last year, and that was terrible. Hmm. Um the air came out of that practice a little bit. Like you could feel it when he was down. You know, they were all trying to, because that's how it works in the NFL, man. Someone gets hurt, they just move 10 yards down the field and they keep working uh, while the training staff does their job. But it just, just that injury hung over practice, it felt like, all day. And you're right, he was having such a great camp. Not just like from a return standpoint, but they really were working on carving out a role for him offensively for him to be able to, to do some things. And uh, it's just, it was a simple one-on-one drill running up the far sideline. Richard LeCount just was run alongside him and, you know, the Achilles popped and, and you, you just, you knew it right away. Um, it, and uh, you certainly could see uh, the frustration from, from Grant Um you know, he he had his uh, head in his hands as he was, you know, carted off. Couldn't put any pressure on that left leg. So you, you feel terrible for him as a human being, first and foremost. But, like, from a football standpoint, 
Um, I think that that now, uh, I Who's think your kick returner is it, is it Johnson or is it or do you move over it's and Demetri um, Felton? It's Demetri, okay, I wonder. And I and, heard today at one and point. Ernest. And so Johnson, have, so, yeah. which is what they did last year, right? It yeah. was Demetri Felton, the Durnis Johnson, and guess what happened? The kick, the 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 return unit sucked. So, um, yeah, it just did. They they tried to fix a, a critical part of the game. I mean, God, Mike Prefer was talking about how Jakeem was going to transform the return game for the Browns, and and now that's just not going to happen. So, can I um, throw an idea at you? Yeah, well, I, I was just going to say, first and foremost, roster decisions have just been made because of this. Remember, we okay. were kind of debating, like, how yeah. to keep all these people? Guess what? Now they're going to keep everything. Dernest, they got to keep. They can't trade him. Uh, Demetric Felton can't trade him. Need him now, right? Um, Does that mean you can trade Kareem? No. You, okay, after, that's how I was Absolutely okay. not. Like, yeah. this this decided, like, if Jakeem Grant was help, didn't get hurt, and then you, like, you had one of these running backs that could be expendable. But since two of them need to be involved in your return game, even though Demetric Felton is more of a receiver these days than he is a running back, but they list him as a running back still, uh, you know, on their roster, like the the roster decisions have been made. All those running backs are staying. You're not moving anybody. You so, you, you can't move anybody. Here's my question, though. Anthony Schwartz is supposed to be this world class sprinter. How could he not be a kick returner? Right. Couldn't they he's, do that? He's I mean, a, if you get the guy the reps and get him up to speed, he's uh, right. He's the fastest guy on the team. True, false, arguably. I'll just, I, I, just say that I think Anthony Schwartz is working on a lot of things right now. Okay, he's had an uneven camp. I don't know. I just I I you know I hear about the 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 talent he has. I hear about the speed. I look at him. I'm like, why can't this guy return kicks? I don't know. I just thought about it. I mean. You know, and then the other thing too is you're hoping that he's like your number three or number four receiver, so you wouldn't right. really want to put him in that position. But guess what, Jakeem Grant was going to be your number three or number four receiver. So yeah, I know I hear you. I, I just <laughs> right. I mean, it's a little bit of a head scratcher, isn't it? Let's be, let's let's be fair, four or five because it the the depth charts: Amari Cooper, right. Donovan Peoples Jones, um, Schwartzy, uh, and then Jakeem Grant probably your fourth or fifth. But no, I mean you you make a good point and 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 again maybe that's something that they look at as the preseason goes along. But just it's an opportunity at least if anything right. for him to to diversify what he was been able to do over the last year. But it just it sucks it sucks the wind out of all that progress they felt they had made on on special teams, right? Trying to find a a legitimate spark. They haven't had a kick or a they haven't had a uh, a, a return for touchdown I think since 2015 Travis Benjamin Wow. I think Josh Cribbs was the last to I I, I gotta go back down. and look all this stuff up, but I think Josh Josh Cribbs was like the last kickoff return for a touchdown. Travis Benjamin, I believe, was a punt return for a touchdown against the Titans wow. back in twenty fifteen. So yeah, it's Eric been a Metcalf, long time. where are you? Yeah, Eric or Josh I miss Cribbs. You, Eric. I miss hey Cribbs, you can you uh uh can you pause the TV show for a few months and uh <laughs> <laughs> report to seventy six Luke Rosa Boulevard? Ah, oh, boy. All right, let's come back. Let's get ready for the game. You got Jacksonville coming up on Friday night and other news and notes from camps. It is always game day in Cleveland. He's Daryl Ryder, and I'm Andy Baskin. Back after this. 
Is your child struggling with a specific subject or need help with homework? Are they asking questions that you're not sure you can fully answer? IXL Learning is an online learning program for kids. It covers math, language arts, science, and social studies. IXL is designed. This program will improve your kids' grades. Studies done in almost every state in the country. The kids who had IXL are consistently doing better. Powered by advanced algorithms, IXL gives the right help to each kid no matter the age or personality. And it doesn't have to eat up all your time. One subscription gets you everything for all the kids in your home, pre-K to 12th grade. So don't miss out. One in four students in the U.S. are learning with IXL. IXL is used in 95 of the top 100 school districts in the U.S. Make an impact on your child's learning. Get IXL now. And listeners can get an exclusive 20% off IXL membership when they sign up today at IXL.com audio. Visit IXL.com audio to get the most effective learning program out there at the best price. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. It's always game day in Cleveland. He's Daryl Ryder. I'm Andy Baskin. Uh, we get set for the first preseason game of the year. Looking forward to this. Uh, coming up on Friday night, the Browns travel down to Jacksonville. They went down early, uh, which I think is probably a good idea to get out of town and just kind of clear your head and see football from just a football standpoint. It'll be interesting to see how they play, especially when you're going into a city that isn't exactly a professional football hotbed. Um, and, you know, and you've got a team that that needs to galvanize a little bit more, and I think this gives them an opportunity to galvanize by going early. Daryl, your thoughts on just on this preseason game coming up, what we're going to see, and just the, the notion that they left early. Well, the reason they left early is exactly what you said. Uh, Kevin Stefanski planned this uh, as far as the the schedule, uh, his scheduling, I should say, uh, goes. Even before they knew they were playing Jacksonville uh, in week one, he wanted to get the team out of town for an extra day. They're going to hold a walkthrough style practice on Thursday. There's some team activities that Stefanski plans on having leading up uh, to the preseason game. Most of the starters are going to play in this game. We talked about earlier, Deshaun Watson's going to start, but most of the starters are going to play. There are a few that will be held out of action. Uh, I I don't anticipate players uh, that have dealt with injury for a long period of time. The guys like David Bell, I'll honestly be surprised if he gets a lot of time in the preseason game, just because he hasn't had a lot of practice time. Right. Um, obviously Denzel Ward is still on, uh, you know, pop he's you, you won't see him tomorrow. Uh, he hasn't even practiced yet. So, um, yeah, I mean, I, I just, I think it reinforces everything that we have been talking about as far as this off season, Andy, and, and just a lot of the problems they had last year that how much of a premium Kevin Stefanski has put on bonding team activity, uh, you know, making sure that guys, are, are talking to each other off the field and in the locker room and, and being able to enjoy each other's company uh, outside of football, which is quite frankly something they were unable to do the previous two years uh, because of various COVID uh, uh, protocols. So um, 
It, it doesn't matter if they win or lose. Basically, you just you want to you just want to see some crisp, solid play uh, Friday night in Jacksonville. You don't want to see a lot of penalties, especially those pre-snap penalties, the false starts, the motions, illegal shifts, all those type of things. Don't want to see any of that nonsense. Just want to see them play good, clean football, and then obviously come back as healthy as you went down to Jacksonville. So, Daryl, let me just let me just talk about one player, one position, and uh, we'll call it a day on this. Nick Harris make will you know take over for J.C. Treader at the center position. Um, your thoughts on him? How will he be? And you know the adjustment period we're going to have. Will we have an adjustment period with him at center? Uh, I haven't seen much of an adjustment period at center in camp, and that's no disrespect to J.C. Treader because, look, J.C. Treader was outstanding when he was here, and quite frankly, I'm a little surprised that as we have this conversation, he has not signed on. My understanding is that uh, Treader's position, too, though, is he's he's not going to you know play for the, the veteran minimum or anything like that. So uh, that's you know, certainly understandable, uh, you know, from his point of view, but yeah, I, I don't think there's going to be any issue there. Uh, I'll give you a couple of guys that I'll be watching for. Um, I want to see AJ green who has had a, a tremendous camp. I want to see if he can maintain that, uh, and make some plays pairing Winfrey. I'm really excited to see him in some game action. He is competing for a starting defensive tackle spot. Hasn't done a lot of running, running his mouth during training camp. He has been focused uh, on uh, football. It's very clear when you talk to people about him, they they certainly uh, recognize the talent, but also he has work to do as far as uh, on the field goes. So I'll be watching him a little bit, and then obviously these these receivers. Um, they they're gonna have gonna have to respond. I already know what we got with Amari Cooper. But from Donovan Peoples-Jones to Anthony Schwartz all the way down, uh, really going to be looking at these receivers because that is a position that I think Andrew Barry is going to be forced at some point to uh, fortify with a transaction or two uh, this preseason, even before we get down to cutdowns, just because this Jakeem Grant injury uh, in my in my estimation is is just a tremendous blow uh to this team and some of the things that they had planned this year um daryl can we go through those just uh nfl cut down dates as as, as we go through this and then we're also get set uh the eagles the, the browns will train with the eagles as well too so um just a couple of these things that you yeah know, how and, and for folks that maybe um cut down days are a little different than they used to be they're much different. So our waiting for the initial 53 on a Saturday afternoon at four o'clock is, is over. Um, in fact, the first cuts come next Tuesday. They will go from 90 to 85 by 4 p.m. Tuesday the 16th. They'll go from 85 to 80 on Tuesday, August 23rd. And then they go from 80 down to the initial 53. And the reason I say initial 53 is because, as we know, roster shuffling happens after that. Uh, that will take place 4 p.m. Tuesday, August 30th. And why that is important as well is because that would be when Deshaun Watson's suspension would kick in if he is, in fact, eligible to play at any point this upcoming season. 
Uh, the Philadelphia Eagles will fly into town uh, next week, end of next week. Training camp closes to the public. Uh, Thursday, August 18th, joint practice. Friday, August 19th, joint practice. They take a breather on the 20th there. And then the preseason game, I believe, is Sunday afternoon at First Energy Stadium, August uh, 21st. And hopefully the grounds crew has been able to find a way to get grass growing in time for the game because they've had all these events at the stadium. So uh, concerts and top golf and monster truck and all that kind of stuff. So that field I am anticipating Andy is going to be one hot mess wow. <laughs> because, uh, the ground screw is going to earn their, uh, going to earn their salary this year, getting that, uh, field in shape in time, uh, for, uh, the upcoming season. The good news is that there'll be a break between that final preseason game and of course the Browns home opener. So they're going to have a couple of weeks to really whip that grass into shape. It, is, it does seem weird to have the final preseason game on a Sunday, doesn't it? Yeah, it, it, it does. But um, again, with the way things are structured with the roster reductions now, it makes total sense. And then of course they don't play, you know, they don't play. Well, they have Labor Day off, right? Yeah. Labor Day weekend, Labor Day weekend is off. Uh, although we'll be working on uh, September 5th, that'll be the, you know, uh, another, I'm sure practice day as they begin their preparations for the season opener in Carolina against the Panthers, which will be September 11th. And you'll be talking about Ohio state Notre Dame that day anyway. So what's the difference? Oh, yeah, that's right. That's that. That, that, that's that weekend, too, isn't it? Yeah, that's September 3rd. So oh. that's a big day in Columbus. So I appreciate Darryl, you reminding me about that because that totally – this is how immersed in the Cleveland Browns I am, folks. Totally forgot. You the stay – have a chance. You do the nano reporting. Crying I'll, Irish of Notre Dame. <laughs> you do the nano reporting. I'll take, I'll take a look from the big picture. How's that sound? Sounds good. Daryl, as always, awesome. Thank you very much for listening. We always appreciate you. Hanging on in here, especially if uh, we need to do an emergency podcast, if something happens with Deshaun Watson, stand by. We'll have that for you immediately or as soon as we can possibly get it up uh, to you where podcasts are available. We remind you to subscribe so you'll know right away uh, when the situation happens when we find out about Deshaun Watson. For Meredith Kane, who is our outstanding producer, he's Daryl Ryder. I'm Andy Baskin. It's always game day in Cleveland. If you ever want to be a part of the show, just hit us up on social media at game day CLE on both Twitter and Instagram. It's always game day in Cleveland.